International Women's Day edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I'm your co-host, Tejan Graham. Alongside me is my guy. Welcome back to the one, the only, Mr. Jason Little. Jason, welcome back, man. How are you feeling, man? Fantastic. Better than ever. <laughs> For those who are listening to the podcast, can you just quickly give an update to how you're feeling? Because I'm pretty sure some people are wondering where you were for the last couple of weeks. Just got sick out of the blue. So I was, uh, you know, just MIA for a little bit back now. Healthy and refreshed, so. Hopefully I'll be back for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Like I said, this is a special International Women's Day edition, and we have a great panel of current female athletes at Nipissing University. Representing the soccer team is Miss Michaela Volpe and Simone Branch. How are you ladies doing today? Good, how are you? Great, great. From the women's volleyball team, we have Miss Megan Winter. Megan, how are you doing today? Good, thank you for having me. From the women's basketball team, we have Miss Natalie Martinez. Natalie, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. And from the women's hockey team, we have Miss Mallory Domenico. Mallory, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Anyway, so let's get started. So obviously, we're all we're all student athletes here, and obviously, all of our seasons got canceled. So, Michaela, I'm going to start with you. When you found out the season was canceled, what was your reaction? I was devastated, um, not just for myself, because um, it would have been my fifth year this year. Um, but for my team, for the seniors on my team, who it was their last year this year, um, just thinking about them. And I know like our team has had really good seasons the past couple seasons, back-to-back playoff appearances hosting. So we knew this year was our year. We had a lot of good talent coming in and a lot of talent in their upper senior years. Um, so this was our, our year. Um, so that, that hurt, but we have a lot of girls sticking around. Um, so now we're just trying to regroup and look towards next year, but it was definitely a, a hard hit for sure. How about you, Megan? Yeah, same here. Uh, this is my fourth year. Um, so all the graduating players are my year girls and it was just so devastating for them knowing that they didn't get to really soak in their last game wearing the Jersey and stuff like that. You know, you expect to be able to have your senior game and, um, really take it in and have your family there and they didn't get any of that so it was pretty upsetting but you know same as Michaela we've taken this year as motivation we had a full year to practice and obviously that didn't work out as expected either but we're still ready to train for next year so for you Natalie did you see it coming or you, there was still like a glimmer of hope that there could be a season um I personally saw it coming but it doesn't make it any easier just because of that and for me it works out well in a sense because I am in teacher's college so I just get to play out um, all my years that I'm going to be at Nipissing but it just makes me sad for our two graduating players Kyla and Devisha so and they've done so much for our team so it would have been nice to be able to recognize them or even just be in North Bay to have like a little celebration at least with the team so it's a little disappointing. Yeah like for you Mally, like how is how hard is it seeing you know the vets that you came in with not get this last chance to play their final season out so like how hard has that been? It's been very hard and like it's just heartbreaking like knowing everything that they've put into the team and that they don't actually get to wear that like the jersey the last game anymore. Luckily for us most of our team was here at the beginning um, like when there was still hope and before like everything really shut down our team did put together a little little seniors night to make them still feel like they had it. Obviously it's not the one that they wanted, but we just wanted to make them feel like they know how much we appreciated them. And for you, Simone, you know, both both you and I are both second years, but it doesn't 
still feel good knowing that even though we have a few more years left, that we still lost this one. So what, what were your thoughts when you found out there was no season? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that just like Mick said, it was hard for our seniors, especially. Um, and I think that it was also positive though, because the rookies that came in, we were able to train and see their talents and see their weaknesses, whatever, to work for next year. So I think that it was also positive moving forward so that we can have an even stronger season next year. So I'm really looking forward to that. So obviously with this pandemic, this obviously came a new normal for all of us, which was online school. So any girl can jump in here. Like how have you been able to adjust to online school this year? It's just been, it's hard because you have to really be organized, right? And I think, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of my profs are really different in how they post things and when they post things. So it's like trying to adapt and keep up with who's posting what, when, and different types of like lockdown browser tests and getting the appropriate software for that. It's been pretty difficult in my opinion. Yeah, um, I, I've kind of got to see both sides of it as a, um, I'm also in teacher's college. So I've been a student and a teacher throughout parts of this. Um, so it's definitely hard being a student sitting at the computer screen all day. And that's all you do when you, there's hardly any social interaction. And then for the past few weeks, I've been on placement and I'm, I'm teaching and I'm also teaching virtually. And you just see the life like drained out of these kids from staring at a screen all day. Like kids as young, like kindergarten through grade 12, like it's, it's taken a toll on everybody for sure. So it's definitely been hard both as a student and then as a teacher seeing that and you're trying to bring like any type of life or excitement into it. Um, but it's still definitely challenging to try and recreate what we get in a physical environment for school online. It's just, it's, it's not the same. You know, before we were able to, you know, before we went home, I think in November, you know, we only had like, what, a month, a month and a half of practice. So, you know, obviously all of us had new teammates coming in and it was really hard to build that chemistry. You know, obviously we have the locker room, which is a big space for all the athletes to get to know each other and get acquainted with one another. But this year we didn't have that. So Megan, how, how have you, how has your team been able to build chemistry with the new people coming in? It's hard. You know, we focus a lot on team bonding throughout the season, especially those August, September, October months um, is really crucial to getting those rookies integrated with the team and get to know them and who they are and stuff. Um, so we really just had to take um, practices to get to know them. And then we also had Zooms all summer. So as soon as they were signed starting in May, I think every Wednesday we had a team Zoom and they were really focused on getting to know all the girls and get, letting them get to know us. Um, Still not the same, but we've tried to work really hard to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, now the same question. Um, for our team, we only had one um, new girl coming in, but I same thing as Megan. We just, I guess, we focus more on practice. And now that practice, it wasn't as serious as what it's like when you're preparing for a season that's coming up in a couple months. So I feel like it gives an opportunity, like at the end of practice, we're playing games where we're spending a couple practices just playing three on three, which I think um, brings more fun instead of it always being serious, which helps with the team chemistry for sure. Touching back on uh, what Michaela was saying there with some of the students, um, I know it's affecting all of us with the quarantine and sports, you know. Talk to some other athletes about facing identity crises, but uh, how has this kind of affected all of you guys, you know, mentally? Um, and what has been some of your uh, your steps to overcoming the mental battles? Um, personally, I try to focus on what I can control. Um, one thing as an athlete, I feel like we disregard a lot of the time is um, our mental state because we're constantly going to practices or we're, we're worried about school. So I felt like that's something I could control. Um, so just getting my mindset right. And then on top of that, nutrition was a big thing. That's something that um, can put you ahead of everyone else during this time. So I feel like just focusing on what I can control really helped me. And then also finding things outside of basketball that I enjoy doing. It kind of prepared me for when basketball will be done in a couple years of how I'm going to handle life from there. So focusing on fitness or hanging out with my family or things like that helped me. Yeah, so recently we did on um, Bella's talk day, and one of the things that we did was we wanted to see what all athletes were doing during quarantine to maintain positive mental health. So for you, Mally, what were some of those things that you did to make sure that your mental health was still positive at all times? Um, for me, I've kind of turned to nutrition 
and taking a bigger like step with it to make sure I understand what I'm putting into my body. And I've been taking the further step of trying to make myself better by exercising more. And I think that has totally made my whole like self feel healthier. And that has really fueled me during this time off. You know, usually throughout the year, we're obviously so busy with, with school and being an athlete and road trips and all this stuff. And then, you know, just throughout the time, we're thinking to ourselves, oh, I wish I had so much more time. Like, I never have any time. And then now that we have it, we're like, man, this is not what I, what I envisioned. So with that being said, you know, compared to last year to now or throughout your whole time at Nipissing, has there been any part of the student-athlete experience you might have now realized you probably took for granted that you're looking forward to getting back? Hopefully, if everything comes back to normal next year. I would say how busy we are. Um, I really... I don't know, you get drained during the season, especially volleyball. And I'm sure the other teams the same. We have lots of practices a week and individual practices and, you know, workout times and stuff. So during the season, it's like, you're so drained and you just want a day to do nothing. Um, and now I'm sitting here having nothing to do and I still don't really want to do my schoolwork. And I feel like practices really enforced that I needed to get things done on time. So I really took for granted how busy we are. Yeah, I um there was nights, obviously, like when it gets later into October, when it's freezing cold out or it's raining or snowing or something. And I know the whole team were out there, like we're getting ready in the team room and we're like, ah, we don't want to go out. We don't want to practice tonight. It's cold. And then just throughout this season and not having been able to train in the summer like we normally do or have like the normal season we do. I've been saying I'm, I can never say that I don't want to go to practice again because having it taken away has definitely put that into perspective. So I'll just bundle up and get out there now. Um, but that it's definitely put that part into perspective. And I'm sure everyone's had the, the moments where you're tired and you're shuffling to practice and you're like, eh, I, I wish like we kind of had the night off. Yeah, that's put, that's put it into perspective for me now. For me, game days and just like traveling and being with your teammates and just that social interaction. I think that's really what I've been missing. Like some of the music I listen to, it reminds me of game days and like just the hype and the energy it's like, it's what you want during the season. And I think that's really what I miss the most, I think. You know, looking forward, like what are some goals you guys have for next year for you personally and for your team? So now I'll start with you. For the team, well, I guess it all depends on how our season looks next year with how um, games are going to be set up. I feel like that has a lot to do with it, but definitely we want to make it to the playoffs. That's That'll be a goal every season. So hopefully that is individually. I just want to, I feel like this is an opportunity also this year is um, us as a team can really um, get a one up on other teams. If we do what we're supposed to do, we're getting a year extra of practice. So if we're doing stuff that other teams aren't doing and they're not taking it as seriously, then that'll give us an opportunity to hopefully make a playoff run next year. Megan. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Um, for me personally, I guess I'm coming onto the team next year as the grandma, the oldest player on the team. So I really just want to make a good team culture for the girls. Um, and it's still the same thing that my vets taught us to do. Um, and then same as Natalie, like we had a full year to train on our own. We didn't get team practices as often, but there really wasn't an excuse not to try to make ourselves better athletes. So every team's doing it. And that's just a big goal for the summer to keep focusing on our own fitness. Michaela? Um, yeah, I think goal for next year definitely is to make host playoffs again, but also go one step further in that second round into the final four. Like that's been our goal for a few years. And I think next year we can definitely get there as long as we are doing the work next few months over the summer. Um, and we come in with our game bases on me personally. Um, I'm in the same boat as Megan. I'm the grandma of the team. Um, I was this year and <laughs> I will be again next year in my sixth year. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still like continuing that team culture. And I think just because we didn't have the locker room, we didn't have the team weekends. We kind of got away from that and the stuff that we would typically do made it a lot harder to develop that culture. So making sure that we have that in place and kind of leaving that legacy behind for it to continue on after I'm gone. Mallory. Um, my goal for myself is I know what I have to work on to become a better hockey player and to contribute more to my team. And I know that I can take that extra step with all this time we have and exercise more and do all that. And for the team, like our goal is always to win the McCall Cup. Um, we did lose a lot of great players this year, but we do have a lot of great incoming players. 
and we all have workouts every week. We send them in every day. We have heart rate monitors. Like we have to hold each other accountable. And I think that's a big part of it. And Simone, what are some goals you have personally for next year? I think personal goals, just like Mallory said, I have like, I know what I want to work towards and strive to be better, just a better soccer player and be more of a leader on the field, I think, and use my voice just in my center back position. I think I want to be more vocal and also having a new recruiting class coming in. I kind of want to help bring them as well as the rookies this year into kind of a game day and just a normal, what a normal season looks like and just try to help them bond with the team better as the season goes along. Questions for kind of all of you guys, but more directly towards, you know, the team grandmas here. <laughs> um, what do you guys think you've taken out of quarantine in, in terms of like leadership, like, you know, personal, personal things you guys have learned about yourself that kind of needed to have step up for your team during these times? Um, it's definitely been different because, yeah, being a leader, it's, it's definitely harder to do when you're not always all together. Um, so I've definitely had to approach it differently this year. Um, one of the things that I've done is just trying to make sure that the girls know someone's there. So every couple of weeks, I'll check in on a different group of girls, uh, send out a message, see how people are doing, um, how is your classes going or stuff like that. So just, it's not the leadership kind of like position or role that it usually takes. Like, of course, in the year I check on the girls, but it's definitely, that's more of what I do now versus what I would typically do in a season. So it's definitely checking in on that mental health aspect and just how the girls are doing way outside of soccer versus other things I would do in a typical season. Yeah, I would totally agree with Michaela. I think um, it's so different, especially not having those practices and games um, where you're all connected as a team and really focusing on you know that team culture, that team family aspect. And we don't have that this year. So I think um, me and the other fourth years, uh, Shannon, Avery and Maddie have really tried to focus on you know, making sure those rooks feel like they're at home here and that they have people. And even our other years, just making sure that everyone um, is doing okay in quarantine. And, you know, if anyone needs help, we had um, some COVID on our team and the girls were really helpful about, you know, helping if we need groceries and things like that. It's been, it's been a really tough year for everyone, so. Like what you've been hearing so far? Make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers Locker Room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers Locker Room starts now. Anyways, um, let's switch gears. Um, so let's let's get to the real point while we're here. So obviously today is International Women's Day. Obviously, when we talk about certain stuff, you know, there are certain things to people that are very personal, like something that they really care about that's important to them. Like for me personally, like being a black person in society is important to me. For you guys, it could be for you girls, it's about you know being a woman. So for that being said, Megan, I want to start with you. When it, for you personally, what does it mean to you to be a woman? Well, I think there's negative sides. All the girls would probably agree, and then there's lots of positives. Um, I wouldn't change a thing. I love being a woman. I think we're in such a good time of year. Um, I think we've really focused in society on empowering women and making women stronger um so I think it's really important to just be I don't know a strong role model for younger girls to look up to especially I think we'll touch on being a female athlete like um something to be so proud of and you know defying the stereotypes of being a woman and proving people wrong when they don't expect you to do really good things I think it's awesome Michaela yeah I think the first two words that kind of come to mind for me are strong and independent um, I was always raised that I could do anything a boy could do equally or better. Like, so waking up in the morning, I don't necessarily think of my gender all the time. There's definitely situations that make me more aware of it, that there's barriers or drawbacks or I'm perceived differently because of that. Um, but I think just the way that I was raised and definitely through sport, um, being able to be tough and strong and independent and having that drive to work towards things um, that's definitely like what I think of for sure is that I can, I can do anything that I need to and anybody else, any other woman can do the same. Natalie? Yeah, I agree with, um, what's already been said. Um, I think also unique to being a woman is we can be assertive and, and tough and all those things that, uh, you all mentioned, but at the same time, we can have a nurturing touch and also be, um, have a sense of empathy for others. 
and um, we can create a good, well, when it comes to sports, a good sporting environment that way and a lot of other benefits too. Mallory? Yeah, so there are some situations, like Megan said, um, that aren't always, I don't know, like they're not always easy for us, but I do not look at myself any less of because I'm a woman. I, like Michaela said, I know I can do the same thing as males can, and I would not change that for anything. Simone, we've had this conversation like off, off the mic and all this stuff, but for you personally, what does it mean to be a black woman in today's society? It's definitely something I take pride in every single day. In addition to every, everything that like all the other girls have said, in it, like you add race to that. And I think that it brings more challenges, but it also brings me more empowerment and it allows me to accept and take pride in my ethnicity and bring that to sport and use that to um, represent black women and to empower other young female athletes also to continue in sport and to be as strong as men and be strong women. Right, staying with you, Simone, you know, obviously you've recently become one of my new executive members on New Base. So just talking to you a bit, but just for the other girls to hear, why was it so important for you to be a part of this club and be a part of this new movement that we're trying to do for the community? Definitely, I think the representation of our Black students, both male and female at NIP is underrepresented, sorry. Um, so I think it was important for us to for sure start this initiative and to bring awareness to Black students and everything we bring to Nipissing. And I think that it's no secret that our Black students are, a lot of them take up athletics and we're a huge part of the athletic community. And for me being on New Base, it's important to, I'm the only female in the executive right now. So I think that's really important for me to represent um, both females and Black females. And when I look at the representation in Black female athletes, it's also very low. So for me, it's it's another pride moment where I can represent Black women and the empowerment that we bring to sports and just to Nipissing in general. Yeah, it just, it's just some, it's something that's very meaningful, right? Like when you see something that's going on around your school and you know you can be a part of it, I think it's just important that for anything, it can be about any topic, like just give it your all, right? Like be a part of the change in any way you can, right? So um, I know before Megan talks about it too, but obviously staying with athletics, right? Like what does it mean to all of you to be a female athlete? So once again, Megan, I'll start with you. It's awesome. Um, I love, you know, the strength that we feel and, you know, it's really just about building women up and being strong and working out and um, like feeling confident in who we are. And then it's also so important to work with the younger female athletes. Um, I know when I was a young volleyball player, um, I didn't really see the end of the road. I didn't know that I could accomplish playing a varsity sport. So I think it's so important to work with the younger athletes and show them that they can put do anything that they put their minds to. And, you know, they have a, sh a shot at playing varsity at university or playing pro and things like that. So, Mallory? Um, for me, like, I didn't really ever have, like, a male role model in my life, like, to look up to for sport. I honestly looked up to my older sister like she's only two years older than me but she's accomplished so much in hockey and it's like unbelievable like she is such an amazing player and just to see how far that she's come everything she's went through like we are strong in sport and some people don't see that but it's it's crazy and I I'm so glad to call her my sister. Natalie? Yeah, I think being a female athlete is amazing. It comes with some difficulties, um, even summertime training. I don't know if it's the same for other sports, for, but for basketball, you go to a gym and it's hard to find people that even want to play with you. Even guys that you know you're better than, and it's still like you can't find people that want to go on runs with you or anything like that. So it comes with that, but it's nice once you get the opportunity to play and then people can see what you can do. And it's just so gratifying after. Michaela? Um, yeah, I, it actually made me smile when Mallory talked about her sister because um, I also have a sister. We're only a year apart and um, she went to the States for hockey. I came here for soccer. Um, so definitely seeing the two of us, like we're close in age, always, always competing and pushing each other. So that was a huge 
driving force for me in sport um, to have her to to look up to and always compete with um, and just to see how far she went. And then that was kind of a motivator for me to, to do the same. Um, but then the other thing is like growing up in the last 20 years, like women's sports have really begun to explode. Like I remember going to hockey camps uh, when I was younger with some of the Olympians who were starting like to really come out and like win medals at that time. And that was something I looked up to. And now I'm seeing more and more uh, female sports becoming popular and becoming televised, but uh, we still have a lot of work to do to be able to have that platform and to show young girls and young boys that women can do this, that our, our talents and our sports are just as important to watch and participate in and support as men's sports. Simona? I think for me, kind of opposite of Michaela and um, Mallory, my brother is younger than me and he's always been my biggest competitor. So I think he's always looked up to me in a way that we're always pushing each other, always nagging each other about who's a better athlete. And I think that the competition between the two of us has, he can look up to me and know that I'm better than him at some stuff, but then also just be able to be like, yeah, like women can do anything that male, males can do and that you should look up to, even as a male, you should be looking up to other female athletes and like see what they bring to sports because I think that how masculated sports are in like society and like how male dominated it is I think that women bring something so different to sport and bring a completely new level of passion so I think that it's good to separate women in men's sports and identify that they have their differences and bring something different to sports in general. When we talk about like TV and we see all these dominant female athletes, whether it's, you know, it's like Serena Williams, you know, Naomi Osaka, Ronda Rousey, you know, Candace Park in basketball, like you guys all touch on like, it's empowering. So if any, this is a question for anyone here, like how awesome is to see, like when you go on TV, like you see all these dominant female athletes, like Michaela says, showing that women can do this, like for you personally, if anyone wants to take the lead on this. Yeah, I definitely think that um, representation matters. Um, in every respect, you need to see people um, that look like you and experience the same things you do to understand that it's possible. So I think it feels great when you see that and it gives um, me hope and also gives people younger. And it's nice that all of us on the panel today have younger people looking up to us as well. And we understand what that means. So. Yeah, so touching on what you just said, Natalie, like, um, obviously, you guys are all female athletes and representation is important. And obviously, when we go to university, we have all these people in the community coming to our games and they see us on social media and all that stuff. So for you, Megan, like, do you, do you take pride in knowing that every time you go on the court that you're representing not just yourself and women, but also representing the university, like when you play your sport? I have so much pride um, in Nipissing. I wouldn't have, I can't see myself at any other school. Um, especially with volleyball, we've put a really big focus on working with the Lakers club um, in the last few years of me being here. So whether it's going to their practices and helping out and seeing them at the games and stuff like that. And so when I'm on the court and I see that the Lakers girls are coming in, like my heart fills with pride that they're there and they're cheering us on and we get to do the same to them when we sometimes we help ref their games and stuff. Um, and it just you don't realize how much the little girls look up to you when until you see them there. And it just, yeah, I'm so much prideful about it. Um, yeah, kind of a, a little more touchy question, kind of difficult. And it's like, it annoys me personally, like seeing that this happens ongoing all the time, um, especially with all of you guys being, you know, student athletes and having ambitions to the next level, being professional. Um, what are your guys' opinions on the issues with pay? Like I, I saw somewhere that I think the highest paid WNBA player is making as much as a, like a rookie contract for the men's side, which just baffles me, blows my mind. Um, it's definitely something that I've been aware of growing up the entire time. Like I remember um, growing up and like when you're starting to kind of look for, for scholarships and stuff like that, you get into that recruiting process. Um, I remember I had a lot of um, parents and uh, other people that I knew asking, oh, are you, are you gonna go play pro? No, because the avenue, the pay, it's, it's not there. It's not a viable option. Like a lot of women who play professional sports have a second career. Haley Wickenheiser, captain of the women's hockey team for years, went back to school to medical school. Like it's just, it's not there and it's, it's frustrating and it's amazing for the women who are able to do it 
um, and the contracts and stuff they have, but it's just, it's, it's not the same. And it's something that I think all the other women on this panel are aware of and have probably been asked about before. Um, like, would you want to go pro? And it's just the month it's not there. And it's, it's frustrating for the women who do want to do it. So. It's true because like, when you look at, um, like professional basketball for women, like all these WNBA players, like they play in the WNBA, but a lot of them go to like overseas to play because the pay is so much better. And that's like a big problem because like all these women are like, like Candace Parker, like is a phenomenal basketball player. Like Dan, it's Ross. Like there's so many of these women that honestly could give some of the guys run for the money, especially Candace Parker. Like obviously recently Maya Moore was a dominant women's basketball player, but obviously she took some time off to do some social justice stuff, which I absolutely commend her for. But yeah, like it's a, it's a big problem. Even even this too, like when we look at, like you said, the fans, for example, like, you know, we, our basketball games, we play eight o'clock and then, you know, the women play the now that we know this, now that we play, you guys play six o'clock and even the difference in the fans, like all of a sudden, like when you go and watch the games, like there's not a lot of, you know, fans there for the women's game, but as soon as eight o'clock hits and all the men come now, all of a sudden, all these fans come in, like for you, Natalie, do, does that bother you like a little bit? It definitely does. And when it comes to the pay gap, um, I'm more familiar with the WNBA. It's not that I think people get it mistaken at times that people think that the women are asking to get paid as much as the men are getting paid for it, which they need. There needs to be a fan base for that to be possible. So it, it starts with the people. People need to be interested. People like us, we need to be watching them. We need to be, they play in the summertime. We need to make sure we're supporting them. But at the same time, that's not what they're asking for. They're asking for the same percentage that the men are getting. So what the men are getting is a higher percentage from their whole team's um I guess what they bring in. Do you understand what I mean? So women are just asking to get that equal percentage of what the men are getting. And actually um, to correct Jason, I think the highest paid WNBA player gets less than the refs of an NBA team. So it's a, it's a huge gap and it's hard to encourage women to want to play um, pro sports, just as Michaela said, when we know that there's no future really in it when it comes to um supporting ourselves financially we know we're going to have to do something on the side to make sure we can make ends meet so mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was actually heartbreaking like my girlfriend she plays uh rugby uh university in canada i'm not going to say what school but um like hearing from her perspective and her saying like you know her we we're same age third year and then it's like well i don't know if i want to pursue this any further because like what am i going to do when i'm done but then you're also hearing all the issues with like identity crisis once you're no longer an athlete once school is done and it's just like it's like a trap you know like people are getting set up for failure and I think it's just horrible it's like one thing that actually like you know pushes my buttons but I I don't even know how you know I think just yeah people like you said people need to smarten up and I think people need to collectively work together to kind of benefit all sports and all all athletes definitely right Mally, I definitely want to bring you back into this conversation because, you know, same thing with um, women's hockey. Like, obviously, you have the NHL, but then all the other hockey leagues, like, they don't really get any recognition at all. And, you know, obviously, one of the people on the women's hockey team now, the Spooner, is actually alumni at my first high school, Cedar Bay Collegiate. And, obviously, she was talking about the same thing, you know, like, it's just not the same. So, just from your perspective of hockey, could you talk a bit about, like, you know, the equal pay and all that stuff? Yeah, so, um, like, I don't know that much into the, the specifics of it, but... I, I've thought about it multiple times that like, I know I can't really pursue hockey after university, unfortunately, like if I want to have a family, if I want to like live, like I need to have a job, a good paying job because playing hockey, like I don't even, they make like, I don't even know, like less than a quarter of what the lowest paid NHL player makes. And it's crazy. And I remember, I think it was the NWHL or it might've been a, a professional league in like Toronto kind of, they had to actually shut it down because they didn't have enough pay. They didn't have enough viewers to keep the league running, unfortunately. So you're, I don't know. I don't think that it's, it's not fair at all, but we can't right now do anything about it. Unfortunately, it starts with the people, starts with the viewers. So yeah, 
actually just to step in, I just, one thing that Mallory said that is another thing we haven't really touched on as much was you said you want to have a family, and I think most most of us do. And that's something else that we have to consider in sport is if you want to pursue sports, if you do end up going professional, if you do take that avenue and you do want a family, well, then you have to take time off because obviously the chances are you're the one carrying. So it's it's definitely something that is also uh, an issue with pursuing it professionally if you do make that route. And like there's athletes like Sydney LaRue, um, she's had kids. Um, Alex Morgan, same thing. They've been able to do it. They're amazing athletes, um, but it is something that I know a lot of women consider. And even just playing recreational sports is, okay, I need to take this season off to, to have a kid because that's something that's important to you. Um, but And women also, um, touching on that, women don't have as much time as men do to have their own children. Like men can father children into their 70s and 80s. So they have so much time to focus on you know, their sport or their career before they settle down and have a family and women get to their forties and they're almost out of time. Like you don't have that much time to set aside, to focus on your career first. Right. And to touch in, and this is perfect because this touches into the next topic. Um, you guys all touched on this now, but just to pose the question, what are some issues that, you know, women face in today's society that people are really insensitive to, or really don't think about that really affects women? If any of you guys want to jump in. Um, insensitive to, hmm, I'm not sure, but I do think that, um, when it comes to gender issues, um, it's definitely intersectional. So we can't like look at it as one broad umbrella that, um, incorporates all women because like Simone mentioned earlier, black women are going to experience something different than, um, another woman would. Disabled women are going to face something different than other women would. Um, indigenous women will face something different, like certain certain demographics are gonna be more likely to um, suffer with from economic issues or um, domestic abuse or things like that, everything. it's I think it's wrong to look at it as one broad approach. There's different issues that face dem different demographics depending on on the woman, so. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a loaded question of, there are just so many things that are unjust when it comes to women and men. You look at like the economic value and like, when it comes to job opportunities and even going back to sports like I think that's why there's so much more passion within women's sports because we get to a point where it's like hey we're just doing this because we love to do it whereas not to downplay men's sports but you can get to a point where you're playing and you're like oh like maybe in a couple of years I'll go to Europe and look for a league and you'll still be getting paid pretty good money but that's just not a reality for a woman and I think that's where you see a lot of just like family and passion when it comes to women's sports and sisterhood and all that stuff so right i think if i could add one just thinking of what you guys are talking about just now maybe something maybe like postpartum depression for example like postpartum depression is real like if you look at serena williams now serena williams won uh, a grant like pregnant and she had a kid and then recently she lost anatomy yeah. i think nine was soccer and then she's like if you saw on the podium she's like really emotional because she's thinking you know this is maybe the end for her Right. And like, that's the same dilemma like Michaela was talking about, you know, like some of these women want our families, but like, they don't know if they ever want a career, but like, like postpartum depression is like real. Like, you know, some people think, oh, when you give birth, oh, this must be a happy time in your life. You have a kid. This is all you want. But like, it's real. Like, you know, for, for us, like guys can just go out and work and do all this stuff. And your woman has to stay home with the baby and take care of them 24 seven. And it's stressful. Like it's hard, especially for those who maybe have single moms and don't have that support system. So I don't know if you guys want to, anyone wants to touch on that or add to that, what I just said, or. I'd say there's a lot of mom shaming in our world. Like you can't do anything that someone doesn't have a critique of. Um, and I think the stay-at-home mom thing is a huge thing. Um, you know, the work, working people look down on stay-at-home moms because they obviously didn't love their career enough to stay as a, a, in the career field or whatever. But then moms that choose to take their leave and then go back to work don't care about their kids. If Especially like the ones that, you know, they're off for six months and they're not taking their full leave and then they go back, then people look down on them because they like their career, they like being a strong woman, but did they not like being a mother because they didn't stay home with their kid? So you just, you can't do anything right. Right, continue on like um, that. Obviously, social media is like a big thing for like everyone. We all have social media, we all use it. But sometimes I feel like, and we talked about this on previous episodes, that social media could give out these fake messages or just have all these stereotypes, right? It's the same thing with women. Like sometimes people, all these idiots online could like just a woman can post like a nice picture of herself wearing a nice dress or whatever. And then people have all these negative comments and say A, B, and C. Like, like, I don't understand why people do that. Like, have you guys, 
when you go through your timelines and you see certain stuff and certain comments, like, do you guys see that? And does it bother you anywhere? Does it like, you know, pick something up that like, it just upsets you or anything? I think one thing that I've noticed on social media right now is just now that we're in like pandemic and people have time off, I think there's a huge, at least on like my timeline, when I explore my explore page, there's like a huge aspect of fitness and getting into shape and you're, you have, you have all the time in the world. So like, make a healthy lifestyle and I think that there's also the other side of Instagram that I'm seeing where there's like like body positivity so I think it's also it's a positive and a negative where there's a lot of body shaming in a way that you need to look like a certain body type and be at a certain fitness level and eat clean and all this stuff but then there's also a lot of women that are trying to promote body positivity which I think is huge and it's sad because you're seeing it in a younger generation of these girls who are saying that like oh I'm fat oh I'm this like I'm not healthy because I eat this and that but it's like these 14 year old girls are already have a bad perception of what a female body should look like and I think that it's important that social media continues to empower women in every shape color form and continue to promote the positivity. Right, like I think there's just a, probably a double standard, you know, when you see like a male like who was fat and gets skinny and saying, oh, wow, like this person's losing weight and taking charge of like, good job. But then like, you, you see a woman who's doing the same thing, like you said, it's body shaming. Like, why was she fat in the first place? She's lazy, she's this, she's that. Like, that's like a big problem too, because people don't understand, like people go through certain things in life and that doesn't mean that they're whatever you set off from them, that they're lazy, they don't like to work out. Like people go through certain stuff. And I just really think it's important that people understand that, yes, you have a platform to be on social media, but don't take the opportunity to tr put someone down or put a woman down or anything like that. Like just, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all, just move on with your life, no one cares. But um, to switch to the next point, you know, when we talk about, you know, females in the corporate world, right? You know, I found this crazy stat where it says like, according to the Canadians Women Foundation, although 82% of women aged 25 to 54 now participate in Canada's workplace, women hold only 25% of vice president positions and only 15% of CEO positions. That's a pretty low number. Like for you, Michaela, like why do you think that's still a problem when it comes to like the corporate world for women in higher positions? I... One of the things, and especially like um, I, I naturally and always have like gravitated toward a leadership role in anything I do. Um, it's just something that I enjoy. Um, but saying that, a lot of the times, like if, if it's a male leader, they're strong, they're organized, they're determined, they're focused, they've got drive. If it's a woman, am I, am I allowed to, to swear on here? Don't <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> we're, she's rude <laughs> we're, we're rude we're bossy we're control freaks we're a b-i-t-c-h like i've been called all those things before and i i'm i'm not doing anything different that a male would do so i think and i think a lot of the times like in the corporate world men don't want to answer to women they don't it's it's still that perception of like it's and it's wrong like if if a if a woman can do the job and she is qualified for it and she's got the credentials and she's put in the work why can't she have that leadership role Megan so. uh I think even in schools um I was you know looking back on my teachers that I had um and I'm sure most of you would agree that the teachers that you had in primary and kindergarten and the younger age groups were most likely a woman um, and not a man. Like I never had a kindergarten teacher that was a strong man, you know? Um, and so in the teaching industry, um, they're looking for men to teach younger age because they don't see that representation. And they're looking for more women to teach like the high school phys ed and the sciences and things like that. Cause you don't get that. Um, and same with principals and in the school boards and things like that, we don't see the representation of a woman leading a school. And when we do, there's so much backlash on that woman for doing the same thing that a man would do, but she's, you know, bossy for doing it. So. Yeah. To touch like men have this, yeah. this ego. I'm, my girlfriend says it the best. It's, it's just the, the male ego. It just kills everything, right? Like <laughs> men don't want to accept that. Hey, sometimes you're, <laughs> you're wrong. You know, it's just, learn to let it go so I do see that problem in being a male myself I have lots of friends in the same boat where I can you know I really started to realize it especially after talking with my girlfriend and having a younger sister men got problems <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's serious I mean do too yeah. but I do too <laughs> but, 
Yeah, like just thinking about like when Michaela was talking, I just realized something. So obviously when you're in school, like, you know, you have student council presidents and all that stuff. I remember the first time in eighth grade, like there was a girl that was in my class, her name was Maddie. And um, there was another guy, another guy named Daniel, right? And they were doing the election all stuff. And I heard her speech, I heard his speech. I'm like, okay, I voted for her. Like, I'm like, okay, this, I know her, I've known her for years. Like she can do the job, she's a leader, she's this. They gave it to the other person. I'm like, why, why, why is everyone voting for this person when she clearly can do the job? Like her speech was better. She had the idea. She knew what she wanted to do. This person, I kid you not, this person literally came into the, on the point and bumping um, in the club by 50 cents on the stage, said some <laughs> wacko speech <laughs> and he won. <laughs> and I'm like, I, like, like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand, like Michaela said, I don't understand why, how, how a woman can say all these things and like, she's proper and she knows what she wants. And the guy says it, doesn't say anything, bumps 57th stage and he's amazing and he wins. Like, why do you Look think- Look at referees too though. Like we just had the first, I think it was the first female ref on the Super Bowl this year. And people are looking to yell at her for making bad calls or anything like that. Like, it's just, you don't see as many women. I'm special hockey too. I, I don't really ever know about seeing a female hockey ref in the NHL or anything. Like we don't see that type of thing. And when we do, people look to criticize their calls. We also see it in uh, comedy as well, movies and stuff like that. I swear to God, it's like when even the uh, Ghostbusters remake that they did, everyone was so quick to hate on it when I think her name is Melissa McCarthy, if, if I'm not mistaken. I think she is the funniest comedian in the world. But again, everybody was so quick to just bash and hate on, you know, good quality movie and just female comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Mally. Did you want to touch on what um, Megan said about like, the female referees? Yeah. Like, um, so growing up for hockey, it's in the, in Ontario, you play for the OWHA, like that's your association. And what's cool about that is that every provincial, so that's the big, big tournament at the end of the year, it's only refed by women. And it's just, it just to show you that women can be in charge Like women, these women make the calls, but now in university, I think only when I go down south, maybe there's only one female ref that I have ever had. In North Bay, it's all males. Um, like in Sudbury, it's all males. Like everywhere, all I've had is ever like male refs since coming to university, which is crazy to me. And I don't believe that there is one in the NHL ever. I don't think. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen one. No, uh, I, I actually, um, uh, somebody my sister used to play with, she's actually um, lining in the NHL, not head ref, um, but she has started lining. So I have seen them starting to do that. But like you said, it's definitely like, mm-hmm. it's, it's the representation isn't there yet. And Sim, I don't think we've ever had a, a female ref. I'm always beefing with a male. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you ring at like, Ringette's only a woman's sport, right? And you have the refs who are former, like I've ref before and like we're former players and we know the game. And then you come in with these male refs who are trying to, like you'll have a male and a female ref and the female ref will make a call, the guy will go against it. And it's just like, you don't really, you don't know what to say because I think just the domination aspect of males thinking that they have more power when it comes to certain decisions, you just, you kind of just stand there. You're like, okay. Basically, to tie everything together that we've talked about, you know, I think at this point, we're here at a turning point, you know, so many things happened this year and all that stuff. But um, based on like this topic, you know, it can be something super, super small. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be, you know, government related, anything. Like, what are some things you guys would like to see to hopefully improve, you know, how women are seen or if it's in sports or any little thing? It can be the smallest thing. It doesn't matter. So, Megan, I'll start with you. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um. I say just more representation and for social media, I think we're socializing young kids to hate their bodies and that's how it's always been. Um, I was watching a video last night um, on women and they were interviewing little girls about how they saw themselves. And as of 10 years old, they were all saying how they hate their bodies and don't look in mirrors. And then the six and seven year olds were saying how they love their legs because they're so strong and things like that. And I don't know, I think we just need to embrace that women are strong um, and that we can be like bodybuilders or strength and conditioning coaches and things like that. And it's not that they're too strong or not feminine because they're strong, especially as a female athlete. That's something I'm really passionate about. Natalie? 
Um, I think uh, something small that people could start doing is, um, like I mentioned earlier, watching the games, buying tickets to the games, um, women supporting women. I'm going to come to the volleyball games, the women's volleyball games, not just walk in for the men's. I know that that can be frustrating. Um, watching it on TV and that way um, they start to get the recognition that they deserve. So. Michaela? Um, I've, one of the things that I'm really conscious of, um, and we talked about it before, is like uh, representation, the young girls looking up to us. Um, so I've actually been coaching soccer since I was about 16 um, and house league and rep. Um, so that's something I'm conscious of. I coach with a lot of male coaches, um, but my club has been pretty supportive of, I've actually coached boys teams and I, it's, I think it's awesome. I've coached them from eight years old to 13 years old um, every summer or helping run the house league programs with the boys. And I think starting that and having not just female representation, like girls seeing having female coaches, but also male teams having female coaches and seeing women take on that leadership role and giving them that respect, um, I think is, is huge starting that at a young age, having those role models that, that males can look up to as well. Um, and then the other thing that I know a lot of girls here have probably faced is like dress code and stuff like that. Like that's such, like it's in our schools, it's, it's everywhere. And I think at the end of the day, just to sum it up, like stop teaching girls to cover themselves and start teaching boys to control themselves because my shoulder shouldn't distract you from learning the math on the board. It's, it's ridiculous. So that's something small that like, I think I still think dress codes are important to a degree, but it's definitely a step that we need to take. Well said. Mallory? I just don't want to be belittled anymore just because I'm a woman. And like, I, like we need to get the respect that we deserve like um, my sister and I, because we've grown up in North Bay, so it's obviously a very small town and everyone pretty much knows everyone. And we still volunteer at this hockey camp that like, we went to when we were younger. And the head instructor always says like, we have like two of the best female hockey players in North Bay out here. And there's also uh, a male hockey player as well that's out there. And it's just funny when I try and talk to one of the younger kids, and I try and tell them something, they just like skate off or don't even like regard what I'm saying. But say the male instructor goes up, they're making direct eye contact with them. They're practicing exactly what they're doing. And I just don't understand that. Like, why can't you give me that same respect that you're giving him? So that's just what's frustrating for me. And I think that needs to change. And lastly, Simone. I think everything that everyone said, I agree with completely, absolutely. And I think just to sum it all up, it comes down to education. Like I think even after like Black History Month, like with how we new base paired up with NUSU to do the educate, I think it's just so important for younger kids to educate themselves on women's rights and educate on Black History Month. And just education is such a powerful tool. And I think that it, it shapes someone's life. And I think that in general, we need to be putting more emphasis on equality in our education and just trying to promote as big of an issue as it is, I think just continuing to promote equality in schools and in young people's lives because they'll grow up to develop those skills and to interact with other people. And those are the interactions that affect, like a simple conversation can affect someone's whole day, right? So I think just knowing how to encounter and come across conversations with whether it be a female or a male, I think it's super important to just educate ourselves. But anyways, ladies, thank you all so much for coming on and sharing your opinions. We really appreciate it. So now we're getting into our quick hitter segment. So this is the part of a podcast where we ask our guests a question and they have to answer it as fast as possible. So Jason, you have the questions ready? Ready. Okay, so I'm gonna go in order of my screen. So, so Megan, you go first, then Natalie, then Michaela, then Mallory, then Simone. You're killing so, me. <laughs> okay. okay. So, first, so first question, who's your favorite artist? Thomas Rhett. Okay. Natalie? Okay, I'll say Hente de Sona. Okay, Michaela? I'll go with the country theme. I'll go with Luke Bryan, because I can't think of anything else. Okay. Mallory? Yeah, I go with Zach Brown Band. Simone? Kygo. All right, so uh, an artist or song you found on repeat? Oh, I've been really into Eminem right now, so I'm okay. getting into all the OG songs from him. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Natalie? Um, met in LA, 2C. Okay. Michaela? Uh, for the past few days to hype myself up in the morning before getting online with my uh, students is uh, Believer by Major Laser and Showtech. Okay. Good song. Good yep. song. Mallory? Probably like Better Together or something like that. Okay. Simone? To just playlists on repeat. Okay, I think that a song I've been listening to, like Talk That Talk by Rihanna, <laughs> I've been hot in my head for the past days. So. Not mad, I like that song too. Next question, all time favorite album? Uh, Luke Combs' new album. Michaela? Um, I also love uh, Luke Combs' new album, um, but there's actually an alternative um, group called Grizz Folk, and they put an album out a few years ago, and it's not often that albums have like every song is good. Every song is good on this one, so. Not mad at that. Mallory? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Luke Combs. Simone? I'd say Kid Cudi's album for sure. Every hit's banger, so I think I'll go with that one. Uh, who are you guys' favorite athletes? Megan? See, my dad's gonna judge me for saying it's a hockey player, but I've really been into watching the Leafs this year. Um, so I'm gonna say Austin Matthews. Okay. Natalie? Female, I'll go with uh, Maya Moore, and male, I'll go with LeBron James. So. Okay. Michaela? <laughs> I'll be super cheesy, but uh, I'll go with my, for, for females, I'll go with my sister, because I always looked up to her. Um, she was always a driving force and pushed me. Um, I don't know if she's going to hear this or not, but <laughs> okay. she'll okay. never let me forget it. Um, and then for males, um, like I grew up watching hockey all the time, and uh, my favorite playing player growing up was uh, Darcy Tucker. So. Mallory? Yeah, unfortunately, I'd have to say my sister too. Uh, <laughs> and then I also like Bianca Andreescu. She, everything. Yeah. Um, tennis player, yeah. yeah, and then for a male, not a lot of people know of him. His name's Nick Paul and he plays for Ottawa. Simone? I think female for sure, Serena Williams. Male, I'd have to go class MJ or Kobe. For sure. All-time favorite sports movie? Mega. Um, Remember the Titans. Classic. Yeah. Watched yeah. it so many times. That's the best yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Natalie? I love in basketball, for sure. That's a, a classic. Michaela? The Mighty Ducks movies. I literally have one of the jerseys, too. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory? Yesterday? Yeah, that's what I was wearing yesterday. My kids had jersey day, so I got to wear it. They actually knew what it was, so. Simone? Coach Carter. Nope. If you guys could spend a day with someone dead or alive, who would it be? Um. Okay, if they were dead, my English major nerd, I'd, it'd be William Shakespeare, because I'd love to just <laughs> see what he did for the day. Um, okay. Alive, I'm going to go with Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. Okay. Natalie? My mom. She's alive. She's alive. But I just, <laughs> just to clarify, but okay. I would spend time with her. Okay. Michaela? Um, I'm a huge history nerd, so I'm going with Alexander the Great on this one. Okay. Mallory? Um, I'm going to go with another like sports guy mm -hmm. I kind of look up to. I'm going to have to say Sidney Crosby. Okay. Simone? Dead Kobe. Um, this one's a personal one for me. So Megan, I'm gonna start with you. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? Oh, 100%. Hawaiian is my favorite pizza. I knew I knew I liked you. I knew it. <laughs> Natalie? No, that is disgusting. <laughs> Michaela? I can go for Hawaiian pizza, yeah. Yep. Mallory? So I'm like the pickiest eater ever. So I don't know if I have anything against pineapple on pizza. I just kind of have stuff against pineapple in general. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Simone? Absolutely not. Ah, damn, Jason, you won. Dang. <laughs> okay, Jason, I want to hear this next one. <laughs> okay, go. Okay. So milk before cereal or cereal before milk? I Megan? don't trust people that do milk before cereal. Yeah. Asian, man. Shut up. <laughs> Is that what you do? Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. That's weird. That's Shut weird. Up. <laughs> uh, cereal before milk. Yeah. Michaela. I'm just going to go all out in left field. I actually don't eat cereal with milk because it just gets soggy and I don't eat it fast enough. So uh, I'm just 
cutting the milk out all together. Mallory? No, cereal before milk. Simone? Cereal before milk. Okay. Jason, wait to expose me. Shut hey, you're one in a billion, man. I'm telling you. Shut up. I don't care. Anyway, next question. Last show you binge watched, Megan. Um, the last show that I've been watched. I'm doing Criminal Minds right now. Just got put on Disney Plus. Yes. So, uh, Star. Oh, yeah. So yep. Natalie. Um, Temptation Island. Michaela. Um, I'm binge watching Rain right now. Mallory. I'm starting Criminal Minds too, but I just finished binge watching Cobra Kai. Simone. Um, the last binge, like just sitting in my bed, was Bridgerton, but I watch a lot of like Below Deck on Hey You. So. Okay. Jason, got next question. All right, favorite celebrity. I'm gonna have to go with I YouTuber uh, Sarah Stay. She's very popular, and I really like her. Okay. Give me Kayla. Um, I absolutely love Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. I think they're fantastic. They're also both stunning, so. <laughs> but they do a lot of like donations and stuff, which I think is great. Okay. Mallory? I like Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. Okay. Simone? I would honestly, um, Tiffany Haddish. I love Tiffany Haddish. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. Yes, overall. Okay. Next question. What's one skill you wish you were good at? Singing. Singing. Same, same, yeah. same. Natalie? Um, probably like um, dancing, but like with some flips and stuff like that in there. That would be nice. I like the answer. Michaela? I'm just going to go with dancing in general. Like, I wish. Yeah. Mallory? Yeah, like singing or playing an instrument. Simone? Skiing. I haven't skied. All right, Jason, got next one. All right, what's your guys' favorite hobby? Megan. Um, I read too many books and I buy too many books. So. Okay. Natalie. Is playing basketball a hobby? Because. Then... Well, yeah. Of course. Okay. <laughs> of course. Well, oh, now I feel like I should have said volleyball. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Michaela. I'm with Megan. I read and buy way too many books. My uh, my to read pile is way too big right now. Me too. Okay. Mallory. I mean, I don't buy way too many books, but I buy way too many clothes recently. So my little online shopping addiction has turned into a hobby. <laughs> That's fair. Simone? Um, yeah, I'd say just doing random touches with the ball, sometimes in my basement and listening to music. Okay. Next question. What's one thing people don't know about you? Um, I'm a cancer survivor. I had cancer five years ago. Oh, really? That's yeah. a really that's a really good one. I didn't know that. Congratulations. Thank you. I did I didn't know that. Natalie? Um I hate this because usually when they ask this in class, you can always say like, oh I'm an athlete, but now <laughs> I can't say that guys. But I, I speak Bulgarian. Okay. Mm -hmm. Michaela? Um, I was actually born with a birth defect called clubfoot. So I was born with like my feet twisted and turned backwards. Um, I had to have casts and stuff to turn them back out. So I have no arch for my foot, super flat feet. So when people are like, stay on your toes, I'm like. Me too. Me too. I was born, I was born flat feet. Not as bad as you, but I have, yeah, I have flat feet too. Mallory? So this is really embarrassing that like I can burp the ABCs. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> Respect. Simone? Mallory, I can also do that. <laughs> but also, I did, I was in choir for all of elementary school and high, not high school, sorry, elementary school, and I play the clarinet since grade six. Nice. Alrighty, so if we're in like an alternative timeline there, and you guys weren't playing your respective sport or studying what you're doing, what would you guys be doing differently? Like, different version of you. I would be a hockey player. Grew up playing hockey and miss it. Uh, yeah, so I'd be a hockey player and I would love to be like a surgeon, but I get so creeped out at the fact of all of that. So if I was, <laughs> I would be a surgeon. Nice. Natalie? Yeah, I really like uh, volleyball. I played it in high school, so I'd probably play volleyball. Okay. Michaela? Yeah, I grew up playing hockey as well and had to make the decision between the two sports. So I would have uh, picked hockey, uh, an alternative timeline. And uh, I actually, I. I feel like I would have gone into nursing. Um, I, I, was, I was in bio for my undergrad and uh, I've always liked like dissections hands-on and been pretty calm under pressure. So I feel like that would have been a good different pathway to go. 
Valerie? Yeah, I had to choose between hockey and soccer. Um, so I would have chose soccer. And I think I kind of want to like travel the world. Like not really have a specific profession, like just take some time off and actually just travel. Ask and Simone? Um, I think I played basketball in high school, so I think I'd go to basketball. And similar to Mallory, I'd love to be in yachting and just travel the world. Nice. But anyways, that's all the time that we have. So ladies, thank you all so much for coming out. Like me and Jason really appreciate it. We had a lot of great conversation. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Anyways, that's a wrap on another special edition of the Lakers Locker Room. I want to thank all our female athletes for joining us. You can find the videos interview on YouTube and listen to the full interview on all podcast streaming platforms. Thank you, girls, again. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.